Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's podcast episode, and this is part two of a really fun series. So I hope you guys caught yesterday's live on Lauren Francois' Instagram. We had so much fun. We talked about cyclical alignment in fitness and life, mood, energy, emotions, all of the things on there. But I have my friend Lauren Francois here, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear and experience this conversation and as you guys know, this this whole month, we've had podcast episodes around mental health. And I think it is just so fitting to end this podcast series with talking about our mindsets, our thoughts, and our beliefs. And it was two years ago, Lauren, a year and a half ago. Where a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago where I invested in working with Lauren because I knew that it was my thoughts, my beliefs, the things that were going on up in my brain that was holding me back, that was really creating a false reality of of things being worse than what they actually were. And so Lauren, I brought her on here today to really talk to you guys about how your thoughts go into beliefs. We're going to talk about all of those things today. So Lauren, why don't you first introduce yourself to those of you who don't know you. You guys, Lauren's a good friend of mine. We met years and years and years and years and years ago with the MLM company that we are both associated with, and we became like quick really really good friends we have gone on vacations together stayed in hotels together like we are soul sisters so you're gonna really this this conversation is gonna be a treat but in case you don't know lauren i'm gonna let her introduce herself to you hello hello you guys so i am lauren francois i am a mom so i know many of you are working moms i am a mom of two little ones i have a son who just turned five and a daughter who is three so i am in the thick of motherhood like many of you and i also as joelle mentioned i also uh am part of the mlm joelle is part of but about a year and a half ago i decided to kind of branch off from that business and start my own business, start my own business, mentoring women, female entrepreneurs, um, on growing their businesses and not just growing their businesses, but growing their businesses in a way that was in alignment with how they wanted their life to be. Because I think as very driven women, many of you are career women or entrepreneurs, we, uh, we know how to work, right? Mm-hmm. We know how to work. We know how to work a lot. And oftentimes that can, can become or come at the detriment of the overall vision of life that we want. And so my focus in working with 
women, and now I do both business and lifestyle coaching, is to really help you create the business, the life that you want. And a lot of it is focused on more of the mindset side. So working on mindset, working on energy, not as heavily focused on the strategy side, because you'll see a lot of, especially when you get into the business coaching space, a lot of it is very focused on strategy, action, ways of doing things. And I really focus kind of on the more, um, energy side, if you will. So before any moms tune out to this, if you're like, I'm not an entrepreneur, I don't want to be an entrepreneur before any of you guys turn, like turn away to this. I want you to understand that when you elevate yourself in, in every area, but in specific mindset work, skill, all of that, you are going to become more valuable and live well-rounded and and wholesome because you're going to know what you stand for, what you value, what, and, and really create some boundaries. But also I worked in a career where I started off at a certain baseline, but because I was into personal growth and personal development, I was getting promotions that didn't exist within the company. But because I kept elevating myself, things started elevating in in ways that were not expected at all. And so for those of you listening that aren't entrepreneurs, I think so many moms that are are that are choosing to work up the corporate ladder are really just wanting to elevate as a career woman because you like your career of choice, right? I think all of us can experience great outcomes from this mindset work because when you open yourself up to that there are so many different ways things can play out that you will not even expect them to come from those specific directions right and kind of going off of what joelle said i will say that i have worked with women in corporate careers where their primary career is in corporate America. And I've also worked with women who had no desire to even focus on business. It has been very much a focus on lifestyle. And I will say in my personal journey in this work, one of the biggest areas impacted has been my motherhood journey and how I show up as a mom and how I desire to be with my kids has shifted so much to the point where other people notice, like other people comment on, on how I am. And so definitely don't tune out. If you're not an entrepreneur, the things we're going to talk about are universal. They will impact every single area of your life. If you let it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, through this mental health month, I've talked about a lot of the thoughts that we have, but why don't you, Lauren, kind of deep dive into the science behind it, all the things that you know behind it, because I know your explanation and your research on it has been so much more cohesive than mine. So why don't you explain to the ladies, like, why do we have these thoughts and how do they impact us? Like really taking through that pattern of, okay, well, what are, what's the big deal when it comes to thoughts? Okay. So I'm going to keep it simple. I've taught this many times and I've gotten a very, very simplistic way of explaining it. So maybe you've heard this saying before, maybe you haven't, our thoughts create a reality. And maybe you've kind of tossed it aside as like, how is that even possible? Like whatever your thoughts create your reality. So our thoughts and beliefs create our reality in two main ways. So the first way is 
our thoughts and our beliefs lead to feeling. So you have a thought and from that thought, that thought generates an emotion. You will never have a feeling without a thought. If you are feeling a certain way, you can attach that feeling to a thought you had. So thoughts and beliefs generate a feeling. What happens is then that feeling produces more of the same kinds of thoughts, which then produce more of that feeling. So we get in this cycle where our thoughts are creating feeling, then the feeling creates more of the thought and the thought creates more of that feeling. Now, those two things together, thoughts and feelings, lead to either action or no action. So they lead to what we do how we show up. The the best example I have of this is in the health and fitness world. And it's because I was in this world for so long, but you hear, we always would hear people say, well, I can't work out at home. So I have this, this thought, I have this belief. I can't work out at home. I'm not a workout person. I can't work out at home. If you have that belief, you will never take the action to work out at home, right? Because your belief is I can't work out at home. I can't work out at home. So the basis of that action is actually the thought and the belief. So your thoughts and beliefs are the foundation of everything. That's why they create your reality because Everything stems from that. Feeling stems from that. Action stems from that. So that's on the behavioral side. Now, on the other side, we have the way that our brains actually function. And our brains have to filter information. We have too much information coming at us at once to be able to process all of it. So the way that our brains filter information is actually based on our thoughts and our beliefs. This is scientifically proven. There's a part of our brain that filters information and it's based on our thoughts and our beliefs because our brains don't like incongruence. There has to be congruency in our brains. And so the other thing you should know about your brain is that your brain agrees with everything that you tell it, everything. It doesn't question what you say. So you tell your brain something, it says, Okay, that is who you are. And then it knows that it has to have congruence. So it makes sure that it filters all the information coming in to make you only aware of the things that match what your belief is. So your outer world is literally a mirror of your inner world. Your outer world is created from your inner world because of the way that our brains also work. So those are, without diving into, you know, energy and frequency and and deeper science, those are the two main ways that your thoughts and your beliefs create your reality. And I want you guys to start playing around with this because awareness is the first step. So I want you to start just, if you're feeling a certain way, tune into what was I thinking? What was I thinking that produced that feeling? If you're if you're constantly seeing something in your reality, think about, okay, what could be the belief that's leading to that? And I'm going to dive into a couple of examples like that you can use to to look at this. But the other thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to this. So I talked about how 
thoughts and feeling or thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead back to thoughts. They create the cycle and that leads to action. So this is also how we get stuck. So this is how we start to experience the same reality over and over again. I've heard this so many times. I feel stuck. I feel stuck. I feel stuck. It's because we do the same things every day. We think the same thoughts every day, which produce the same feelings, which produce the same actions. We are on autopilot 95% of the time. 95% of what we do, we did yesterday. 95% of what we think, we thought yesterday. So we are on autopilot most of the time, just running on this, this program based on what we've already done. So we just... When we keep thinking the same things that lead to the same feelings and lead to the same action, and we know that's what creates our reality, what we're doing is we're just creating more of the same. So we get stuck in these patterns and we wonder, like, why is nothing changing? Well, it's because we haven't changed anything, right? Like we we do this thing where, where sometimes we also think like, oh, but if I just do more of the thing, then I'm going to get to where I want to be doing more of the same thing that got you to where you are only gets you more of what you have faster. Like, it's just like, it's this crazy thing we do where we're like, Oh, if I just do more, then, then I'll get the, I'll get what I want. No, you're actually just going to create what you currently have faster. So, so we have to, we have to change something in that pattern. And maybe before I go into that, we can, we can talk about some examples and Joelle, you can, you can talk about kind of this process as well. Yeah. And I know sometimes it feels like when you talk about the first step of it being awareness, you know, it's, it's really interesting because we always are leading, especially as women, I feel like we are leading with feeling or we're making our feelings the main driver for everything that we do. It's like, I'm not feeling like a workout. I'm not feeling like this. I'm not feeling like that. And so, yeah, slowing down and being like, well, what was I thinking about? What is the internal dialogue that's going on in your head leading up to that? Because that thought is leading the outcome. And we can bring another fitness element into this of like, I've always had the internal dialogue of, I'm going to feel better after this workout. I'm going to have more energy after this workout. So the the talk, the self-talk of like, I don't feel like working out. I don't have the motivation to work out. That type of dialogue never really was going on in my head because it was my inner voice and my inner thoughts, which was creating the feeling, was very much different. But that's not to say that I have these like positive thoughts going around in my head all of the time. But yes, it's coming to that awareness of I am having this feeling a lot and sometimes maybe even starting, I don't know what you suggest, but noticing some of those thoughts in a specific area of your life first Mm -hmm. and then not letting them just hold in. I feel like we've talked about this all month, you guys, where really when I was working with Lauren and hiring her and through working with different therapists and stuff, It's just sometimes so crazy, the inner dialogue that goes on in our head. But then when we are in a situation like working with Lauren or a therapist or somebody else, 
you're forced to say it out loud and you're just kind of like embarrassed to say it out loud because saying it out loud and saying it as a tangible thing, which our words are tangible, it makes it so you're just like, what? Like, I, I see, I see how that is. I see the craziness in that, right? So the first step being awareness and then I love that you, I don't think I've ever heard anybody other than you explain it in that way where it's like, you're, you're noticing the feelings, but you need to just take like a few steps backwards and be like, but what were you thinking leading up to that feeling? I really loved that. And so I think the next thing so many women are wondering then is like, well, how can we really change these thought patterns and feelings? Because I, I'm sure you'll go into this, but a lot of times we have those feelings and we have make them have meaning right mm -hmm. so then we start having these thoughts we become aware of these thoughts and then we give them thought give the thoughts meaning like oh i'm not a person who can work out at home or i don't i don't feel like working out i'm not a motivated person or whatever it is you start creating a meaning and a definition because of those feelings that you got from your thoughts mm -hmm. so one thing i want you to understand is thoughts are just thoughts thoughts are separate from who we are. So understanding that we, we can choose our thoughts. And I don't think anyone tells us that, right? Like when you have all these thoughts rolling around your head and they've been doing that for years and years and years and years and years, we say things like, but that's just who I am. And so I think the first thing is bringing awareness, but also questioning your thoughts, like putting your thoughts on trial of like, is that ultimately true? Do I really have to believe that? Who told me that? Right. We never question any of this because a lot of these things come from our childhood, from the way we were raised, from what our parents taught us, teachers taught us experiences when we were younger, and we just internalize them and we never question them. We never, ever question them. So the first step is awareness because you can't question what you're not aware of. So it's just awareness. And I think in the awareness process, a key part is also not judging yourself for the thought, right? Like I said, thoughts are separate from you. They're not who you are. They're just thoughts. So bringing objectivity to your thoughts and not judging yourself for your thoughts and just becoming aware of your thoughts and then starting to question them. Like, but does it really have to be this way? Is that really the case? Is that really true? And, and we start questioning things that have been playing in our head for so long that we've just internalized them to be the way that they are, that be who we are. Yeah. And you guys, <laughs> I told Lauren that I was totally going to bring this up. When you start questioning these thoughts, or at least for me, I don't know if you can speak to if a lot of your other clients have done this too. When Lauren started challenging my thoughts that were so ingrained that I was just like, oh, I didn't even believe that these were necessarily true or like these have been thoughts that I've had that are so ingrained in a belief system that have been true. But then when we start questioning them, are they really true? What if you didn't do that? What if you did it in a different way? I got so you get defensive of your thoughts. You get defensive of your belief systems. You get defensive. You kind of get like riled up of like, well, 
that's just I never I don't feel like I ever said that's just the way it is or it has been but the underlying thing is when it's something that is so ingrained something that is so like deep within the depths of your subconscious your brain says that's just how it is Mm -hmm. and then when you have somebody come in and you're like well what if you didn't do that and you're just like panic like it's like (laughs) panic i don't know like i don't know what i would do if i didn't do that because that's always just been a part of how i've done things and who i am and how i think and how i process and how i work and how i do things and how i show up and 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 an identity piece really so like, I don't know if you want to add to that on like the defensiveness, if you notice, like, because sometimes, I mean, I could go into that question of like, is this ultimately true? And I logically want to be like, well, no, but internally, there's like this defensiveness that comes up. Yeah. So when you're asking yourself the question, is it ultimately true? I think the thing you have to ask yourself is, is it ultimately true for everyone? because it could be ultimately true for you in your experience of life thus far. But if it's not ultimately true for everyone, then it's not a universal law. It's not a universal understanding. It's not actually the way the universe works. And the other thing I think we have to realize, and I I get where you're coming from, is we can start saying things like, well, that's not been my experience. Then we have to go back to, but our thoughts and beliefs lead to our experience. Our thoughts and beliefs are what create our reality. So your reality is based on those things. So you get defensive because, because you're like, well, that's not been my experience. Well, it's not been your experience because your thoughts and beliefs led to that experience. So we have to challenge the thoughts and beliefs because you want a different experience. Right. And I think sometimes we take it personally. And so when we separate ourselves too, and remember that like our thoughts are just our thoughts and we can change our thoughts and we ultimately can change who we are if we want to, right? We, we can create, we have the power to create ourselves in any way we want to be. That's how powerful we are. And so I think when we, when we take a step back and realize no one's attacking us, like no one's saying, you know, you did it wrong. It's just, coming at it from a more objective place and understanding that you're, you're going to experience things based on what your thoughts and beliefs are, because that's what creates your reality. So you can't really say, well, that's been my reality. Well, of course it's been your reality because they led to that reality. And I think this leads us into kind of starting to talk about how do you start to change, which, so we started talking about awareness and questioning, and then, you know, getting defensive when we're questioning, I want to talk about how most people try to change because most people try to change the wrong way. And that's why change doesn't stick. So the way most people try to change is they try to change behavior. So we try to change the things we're doing. And that's actually the outermost layer is behavior. Like we talked about thoughts, beliefs, lead to feelings, lead to action. Action is the outermost behavior. It's also the easiest thing to try to change. You can say, well, I'll just do this or I'll just do that. But that is why most of the time change doesn't stick. It's because we never look at the underlying reason we were doing that thing. And if we don't look at the underlying reason, which is the thought and the belief, most likely 
we're going to get to a point where the underlying thought and belief overrides the change you're trying to make. So you see this a lot when we're trying to establish new habits. People will say, well, I did good for like two weeks and then something happened. Well, it's when, when a challenge arises, we, we revert back to the original thought and belief, and that will lead to the old action. And so we get stuck in this, like constantly trying to change, but only changing the action and then feeling like a failure because we couldn't stick with the habit when in reality, we're actually trying to change the wrong thing. If our inner world is if our outer world is a reflection of our inner world, then change actually has to start from the inside. So the first thing we should be looking at is the thoughts and the beliefs behind the action of where we are now and looking at changing those first and doing that work first, because then when you do that and you instill new thoughts and beliefs, those lead to new feelings, which lead to new actions. And it's much easier to continue on with a new action if you have an underlying thought and belief that supports that action. But most of the time, we're just trying to change the action, but the base, the foundation doesn't change. So if the foundation doesn't change, eventually we're going to revert back to what that foundation supports. And that's where I see women get really, really, really frustrated. And then we start engaging in this really negative self-talk, which just reinforces like these old patterns and behaviors and makes us feel really, really bad about ourselves. And, and it's just kind of this like waterfall effect. And then the other thing we do is we tend to compound negative emotions. So we have emotions we have an array of emotions. We have happy, we have sad, we have joyful, we have frustrated, we have all these emotions. And what we tend to do is we tend to compound negative emotions and we tend to not give very much power to positive emotions. So we say when, when we're sad, we're like, we ruminate over being sad, right? Or, or if like you when, snap at the kids like one time. You right. ruminate over that one time you snapped. Right. And we replay this and we we feel that emotion even deeper and deeper. And then we feel sad about being sad or we get mad about being sad or we get frustrated about the fact that we were mad at the kids and that made us sad. And we make this emotion really, really, really big and we make it so much bigger. And then when we have positive emotions, we don't compound those. We just are like, oh, yeah, I'm happy. So what we want to do is we actually want to compound the positive emotion and like be like, I'm happy and I'm joyful and I'm grateful and this is amazing and like really, really get ourselves like compounding that emotion. And then we're sad when we're sad or we're experiencing negative emotions, we just let them be right. Like we feel them, but we don't compound them. We don't feel sad about being sad or mad about being sad. We're just sad. We just allow ourselves to feel sad or mad or frustrated or whatever. And we move through it and we don't engage in this like negative self-talk that just really puts us in this negative space that holds us back from doing anything. Yeah. I can relate to that so much from the second you explained that waterfall effect to letting the negative emotions compound, I can for sure think of so many times where it was so true, where, you know, a few negative emotions would pop up or 
a negative experience in business or with a customer or I mean, even like a social media comment, it's like at that had like a magnetism to it. Mm -hmm. But when the positive was there, the joy, the happiness, the excitement, th that wasn't as magnetized as the negative, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with all what we just like covered and talked about, what are some very common or specific things you've noticed commonly come up with the ladies that so many ladies that you've worked with that are very common for moms to have an experience and question and then when they question those and start to see the changes like what kind of difference can it make into their lives Mm -hmm. So I work a lot on, um, well, can we share your example? I, I feel no, like yeah. this is such Open a good book. example. Um, so when I was working with Joelle, we worked through this belief that she was a bad mom. And I was like, what do you mean you, you're a bad, you had this belief that you were like a bad mom. I remember oh, yeah. this. And it was talking about deep this, and was in like, the depths what? of my soul. Like, and yeah. even when you had said to me, you're like, Joelle, I see you in this way. And I was like, oh, but you don't see what's behind closed doors. The moments I snap and I yell and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, you know, we have these beliefs about who we are. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad mom. So then our brains search for evidence, right? Like to, to back that belief up. So then you end up focusing in on the thing that reinforces the belief. And so, um, that was one, I'm a bad mom. Um, I have, a I do a lot of money work, so hopefully this will be, I'm, I'm sure this will resonate with many of you because most people need help with money mindset. But one of my clients, her, one of the things she always said was I'm bad at managing money. I'm bad at managing money. And I was like, you have got to stop saying that because when you say you are bad at managing money, your action will align with the fact that you're bad at managing money. So we have to shift how we talk. And I've, I've spoken with so many clients about this. I was talking with another client about it the other day and, and the way she talked about her work. And I was like, you got to stop talking that way. Like we got to, we got to change the words that are coming out of your mouth. And it, it's really subtle changes. And instead of saying like, I am bad with money, I am working on my relationship with money. I am becoming a better manager of money. I am getting better with my money. I am, um, in terms of motherhood, I am working on being a more patient mom. I am practicing like these like process words, like working on practicing, becoming better in the process of those are really powerful words when we're talking about writing new beliefs and, and instilling new beliefs. Because a lot of times if we just say things like if we have a belief that we're a bad mom and then our new belief is I'm a good mom, your brain says, no, you're not. <laughs> You've told me you're a bad mom for years and now you're just saying you're a good mom. So we have to, we have to have these like bridging words that our brain can kind of latch onto. So the other, th the thing is, is deciding we get to decide the things we want to believe. And I think that that circles back to awareness and questioning so, so much of how we live we just, uh, we just learned and we never questioned. So when I learned like, wait, I can, I can decide, like I can create new beliefs. Beliefs are just 
neural pathways in your brain and you can create new ones and you can shut off old ones. This is brain science. So you get to decide what you want to believe. So it literally is like you writing something you want to believe. I do this when I journal, I write down new core beliefs and I write down the things that I want to live into, the things that I want to start believing. And then I start affirming those to myself. So, um, one of the things that I started doing at the beginning of this year, because I wanted to be a more calm, patient, uh, adaptable mom. Yeah. That, is, we were both working on that adaptability. Yeah. We've come <laughs> a long way, my friend. We were Joel and I were talking about, I, our family went through COVID. Our family went through flu. We were sick for like two months. My kids went to school for 10 days, the first two months of the year. It was, it Wild. was crazy. Wild. Um, so there and was I think a lot it's so of- good. You share that because then so many people listening might be like, Oh, Joel and Lauren live in these little boxes of things. Don't come and knock them down anymore. And it's like, no, like that type of life stuff still happens. Oh, yeah. No matter how much you're in control of your mind or manifesting, especially if you've got little kids, they're going to just like come knocking down with a bulldozer sometimes. Yes. Five days. My children went to school five days in the month of January and five days in the month of February. I virtual schooled for three weeks. I've, yes, it was great. And you know, you've got life and I've got a husband and a business to run. And so there was lots of practice with these affirmations. And one of the things I kept, two things I kept saying to myself were, I am adaptable. I am flexible. I am adaptable. I am flexible. And whenever chaotic situations would arise, that would be at the forefront of my mind. I'm adaptable. I'm flexible. I'm adaptable. I'm flexible. Okay. How do I react if I'm adaptable and I'm flexible? Not that way. I would react this way. And so it it really is, it seems too simple because it's different kind of work. It's not the kind of work you're used to doing. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, do affirmations really work? Yes. But you have to, you have to say them to yourself and you have to live into them, right? Like your action then has to follow and be in alignment with the affirmation, with the new core belief that you're trying to instill. So we decide the things we want to believe about ourselves because we get to decide and we get to be however we want to be. We write out those new core beliefs. We affirm those beliefs. And then we start looking for the proof of the new belief, right? Like we start acting in alignment with the new belief. We start looking for the proof. And like I said, your outer world is is a reflection of your inner world. So as you start internalizing this new belief, there will be proof in the outer world. And your job is to notice it. Your job is to notice it and anchor it in. So that's another thing we tend to do is we just kind of we're rushing through life and we don't notice things. So I actually take time to anchor things in. So when I am trying to implement a new core belief and I'm looking for the proof, when I see the proof, I'm like, okay, there's the proof. I'm going to anchor that in. That's the new belief. There's the proof. I'm anchoring that in. This is what it feels like in my body. Okay. And then you keep looking for the proof. And as you anchor the belief in more and more and more, more proof comes, right? And then it's easier to anchor that that belief in. And so that really is the process for this kind of work. Um, and the one thing, the one thing, cause maybe you're thinking like, okay, but how do I decide what my new beliefs are? Like, where do I even start? So the one thing that has been really powerful for me, it's called identity work. 
and it's getting really clear on the person I desire to be. So I think about who do I ultimately desire to be? How do I desire to show up in my relationship? How do I desire to be in my relationship? How do I desire to show up with my kids, be with my kids? How do I desire to show up in my business, be in my business? And I get really clear on that. And then I write new beliefs based on that version of me. So when I thought about how do I desire to be with my kids, it was, how does that version of me, how is that version of me with my kids? And it was like, she's present. She's joyful. She's calm. She doesn't react immediately in situations. She takes a breath. Like she does these things. She's adaptable. She's flexible. And so Then from there, it was, okay, if that's how she is, what does she do that makes her that way? So then it was like dialing into, well, if I'm a present mom, then I'm not on my phone all the time. Okay. So if I'm not on my phone all the time, that means my phone is on airplane mode for a certain time, or I put it down and I don't look at it, or I'm being really cognizant of how much I'm on social media. So, so from that way of being in those beliefs, then I dialed it down to actions. Okay. What actions align with that? And then it's starting to implement all of that. And, and you don't have to do it all at once, right? Like I'm talking about one belief, right? Like I am adaptable. I am flexible. Like that's one or two beliefs. So, but it's incredible how big the transformation, the transformation can be from one new belief. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved how you explained how you take that belief and then making it specific because so many ladies are like, I want to be more intentional, more intentional in motherhood, more intentional with whatever area of life. But what I don't think so many ladies understand is being intentional means being conscious and specific. Mm -hmm. It 100% means specific. You can say, I want to be more intentional and I will sit there and say, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, I want to be on my phone less. What does that mean? I don't want to be scrolling on social media. What does that mean? I've got to put my phone away. What does that mean? Okay, then But and so for me, like I went down that own journey of that and it was discovering and establishing a no phone zone where it's like mm-hmm. between four and eight, my phone is not on my physical body. Like it's not on my physical body. Is that an ultimate thing? Like, am I outside with my phone sometimes? Yes, but like majority of the time, most days between four and eight, my phone is not, I'm leaning on my desk here, it's popping, making noise. But it's being intentional about our thoughts means being specific. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to change something that really has been, creating a lot of stress or frustration in your life you got to get really specific with what no longer do you want it to be and so for some of you ladies who have a high demanding corporate job or high demanding entrepreneurial job because we we as entrepreneurs could work 24 7 if we wanted to and i know a lot of you (laughs) ladies in corporate settings could constantly bring home work with you and blah 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 blah. we think we're different but we're the same when it comes to being in an ambitious woman or even what whatever fill in the blank but here's the thing if you are your if your situation is i've got a high demanding stressful career right 
if you're, if you're wanting to be more intentional and change your thought processes in that, a lot of times it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to bring that stress from home from work. Well, what does that mean? Okay, you've got to center yourself. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that look like? 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 And you will come down to something sticky and tactical and defined to help you create kind of a boundary, really, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you are living in alignment with that new way of being. Because Mm -hmm. you can't just say, like, I want to be a more patient mom and just leave it at that. It's like, okay, well, what what does that mean? What Mm -hmm. does that mean? What does that mean? And for a lot of us, going down those questions may lead to a different outcome. Maybe for you, a lot of you guys, it's like scrolling on your phone. For others, it's like not yelling all the time, or it's, it's really, it's going to be different for everybody, but it really can start with one to two tactical specifics that support who you want to be the better version, the better mindset. And then like you had said, this is work in the beginning, but your brain is adaptable. So think of it back in the fitness realm. If you're starting in your fitness journey and you're bicep curling five pounds at first, that feels hard. That feels Mm -hmm. really hard. The first time I did bar blend, you guys, even though I worked out for many years, that was really hard. Now, because I've done it in a kind of consistent frequency, I can move through those motions and I can like live in the burn like she talks about. And the muscle has gotten stronger. The moves have gotten stronger. I've become more familiar with the moves. And that's the same thing that's going to happen if you actually start putting in the work to changing your thoughts and your beliefs and your patterns by using these tips that Lauren just talked about. The beginning is always the hardest. It's always the hardest. And yet we quit because it's hard and then we have to start over. So we actually get stuck in this perpetual state of hard because we're not willing to just push through the hard. Like we're not willing to stick with it until it's not hard. We think it's, we're like, this is really hard. And then we kind of stop. What we don't realize is it gets easier. It's hardest at the start. It gets easier because we get better. Our bodies adapt, our brains adapt. Um, I loved what you talk about uh, asking the question, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? In life in general, we're too vague. We're too vague. And, and because of that, we can't cling on to anything. So one thing, one example I wanted to bring up, and this will resonate with every single one of you. If you are a mom, this will resonate. And this is something that is going to help you. What do we do as moms? We say things like, I have to do it all by myself. No one helps me. No one helps me. No one helps me. I have to do it all by myself. My husband doesn't help me, but I'm doing I don't everything. Have, I'm, I'm doing, doing everything. everything. I'm doing everything uh, at work. I'm doing everything. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I have gone down this road myself many times, like focusing in on, well, he's not doing this. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. When you have that belief of no one helps me, I have to do it all. You will never ask for help and you will never accept help. So women, we are really good at not accepting help and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. 
How many times has someone said, oh, do you want help with that? And you're like, no, I got it. No, that's okay. I got it. They offered help and you rejected it. No, okay. That's okay. I got it. I got it. And then we say things like, but I do it all. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, we'll say things like, but my husband doesn't do it the right way or he doesn't do it the way I do it. Yeah. Well, can we live with the fact that he might do it a little differently, but then it's off our plate and it gets done. Yeah. Can we live with that fact to save our own sanity and to create some time? Yes, I can live with that fact. The other thing we'll do is my husband used to do this and he used to drive me nuts until I made this shift. Like at dinner, he would clean up like some of the kitchen, but not all of the kitchen. And my thought was always like, can't you do it? Like, why can't you do it all? Like, why can't like why? And now I've shifted it to, well, now there's less for me to do. So maybe he didn't do the whole thing, but instead of having to do a hundred percent, maybe now I only have to do 20% because he did 80%. I can do the last 20% that, that frees up time for me. Um, but really looking at where am I rejecting help in my life? Where am I pushing help away? Where am I thinking that I have to do it all? Where have I stopped asking for help? Because I feel like I have to do it all. I think sometimes we get complacent too. Like we're like, well, my husband just doesn't help. So I don't even ask for help anymore, you know? And I, hopefully my husband never listens to this, but one of my (laughs) clients was like, I told We're her not that I bashing you, Brady. We're not. No, You're I'm amazing. just telling you guys how to how but to get more help. Yeah, everybody has these types of things. Yes. How We're to not get throwing more help. shade at Brady. He's amazing. No, he's he's awesome. amazing. <laughs> he is. He's the best. Like he helps so much now. But I think also that was like a pattern that we had to establish. A lot of times as moms, we get into this mothering our husbands and doing oh, everything Mm-mm. for our husbands, yeah. and then we enable the behavior of not helping. Right. So it's actually on us because we have very low expectations. We've established very low expectations anyway. So I told my client about this and she was like, Oh my gosh, this is almost like a toddler. And I was like, okay, maybe it is. But one thing I started doing was just giving my husband options. Like not helping wasn't an option. It was like, do you want to do this or that? And she was like, it sounds like you're talking to a toddler. I said, I guess I am, but it works. It was like, it's not an option not to help. Do you want to do this thing or do you want to do that thing? Right. And so that was a way to really establish this. Like we're a team, we're doing this together. It's not an option for me to do everything. And so really looking at that, like if you want to start somewhere as a working mom, look at how you are with asking for help or receiving help or scorekeeping. That's a good one. Because the part (laughs) like that really was the stemming of in, in so many, I mean, I've done a lot of like relationship type of work lately and we just opened up like three different wormholes that we could go down and Lauren and I joked before when we were boxering like we could probably talk for two hours and I'm like we could realistically talk for 20 hours but all these topics do coincide together so much for you ladies to just start becoming aware and and thinking about it but Lauren why don't you end up with talking to them about what you do, what you've got going on and where they can get more of what you're teaching. Yeah. So I, like I said, or like Joelle said, I'm a business and lifestyle mentor. So I primarily do one-on-one coaching. 
uh, small intimate group work, which I call masterminds, and then courses. So courses are more of the basic, like foundation, entry level. So if you're interested after this conversation, you're like, ooh, this is something that I feel like really resonates with me. I really want to dive into it. I've never really looked at this. A course is a great place to start. So I have uh, a course called Unlock the Magic Within, which really goes through the basics of what we've been talking about and really explaining how this all works and how it all kind of links together and really helps you to start start this work, right? Um, the next level would be a mastermind. So I have a mastermind called Unleash, which is launching in a couple of weeks. It is a, like I said, an intimate group. So max of seven women. And what we do in that is we dive into these topics on a much deeper level. So we're looking at things like what are the subconscious limiting beliefs? How are we rewriting those? Um, we're, we're talking about things like quality versus quantity of what we're doing, establishing boundaries, delegating, asking for support, joy, presence, intentionality, like all of these things, deep identity work to really shift how we are showing up in our businesses and our careers and in our lives. And so my main thing is, our business or our career is meant to support our life, not the other way around. If you create a successful business at the expense of your life, it's not success. That is not success. And so often that's what I see so many women doing. One of my clients, we started working together because she was like, for 15 years, I've focused on building this business. I work 70 to 80 hours per week. I'm in my late thirties. I have no idea who I am. Like what now? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so it was this figuring out like, okay, how can we create your business or kind of shift your business to really support your life and really start looking at your business as a part of your life and how can it fit in there so that we can create the, the whole version of your life that you want. So that is the Unleashed Mastermind. The Unleashed Mastermind is definitely geared more towards female entrepreneurs or career women, I will say. So if you, if that's not you, I would suggest the course Unlock the Magic Within because that's definitely more of a general course. Um, and then the last way is through my one-on-one -on -one mentorship, which is the most transformational because it's highly specific to you, right? So we can dive into any of these topics on a much deeper level and um, that you can do a three, six or 12 month mentorship. And I can give you all the details on that if you want. Awesome. I will leave the links for everything in the show notes to make sure that you guys know about those, but then also follow Lauren on Instagram because she will have the links to all of that and posts about more awesomeness. Um, and so thank you, Lauren, for being thank on here you. today. It was so fun. If you guys want Lauren back on the podcast again, let me know, because like I said, we we could go down five different rabbit holes with all the conversation that we just had. And it's so fun having my friends on the podcast here and collaborating business-wise together is just so awesome. And I'm so grateful for our friendship. Yeah. And, and you guys, I think the one thing that we wanted you to take away from this collaboration, if you watched uh, Joelle go live with me yesterday, is this idea that we can, we can't, we can do less and have more, right? Like we, 
it's all about working smarter. It's all about working smarter, not necessarily harder to create the kind of life we desire. That's how I look at cycle syncing, especially with within your business. It's really like making what you do go further so you don't have to do more. That's what a lot of mindset and energy work is too. It's about making, it's about putting this extra push behind the things that you do do. So they, they go further. They do more for you because we get stuck in this doing, 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 doing quantity work, work, work. And, um, I think Joelle and I have found a better way. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Hold up, my friend. Wait a minute. Do you wish there was a way to stop the weight loss struggle? Let's end the misery of cutting calories and increasing cardio as our only approach to achieving our goals. And I know what it feels like to be constantly obsessing over my body, working out harder, eating less while not seeing results and actually seeing things go completely backwards. Imagine if you knew how to work with your body, what would it be like to deeply know and understand what your body is going through and give it exactly what it needs to look and feel your very best. This is exactly why I created the Feminine Fitness Foundations course, where I teach you how to sync your fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle with your cycle while increasing your metabolism. You will walk away with understanding each phase of your cycle, what is supportive for each phase, and I know that most plans have you focus on what to cut out, stop doing, or eliminate, but my approach is teaching you to focus on what is supportive for your body and what to and do to enhance your everyday life, not deprive you from it. For a limited time, the Feminine Fitness Foundations is available as a self-paced beginner's course. If you get started right now, you will get access to the course and bonus materials like my cycle syncing cheat sheet, meal plan, food list, and four-week strength training program. You guys, go to tinyurl.com forward slash feminine foundations and enroll right now. Like go right now, sister, because I cannot wait to help you realize your hormones are your superpower, not the curse of aunt flow and how to use cycle syncing strategy to work with your body instead of against it. So the link again is tinyurl.com forward slash feminine fitness or you can check out the link in the show notes of this episode, or it's always in my Instagram bio as well.